2: Welcome to NFL Total Access, the locker room. I'm Michael Robinson. And I'm Mike Garofolo. On Mike show today, Mike Rob. <laughs> yes, it is. Today we got Hall of Fame linebacker Mike Singletary on the pod. And guys, you're not going to believe the story he tells about when he found out Buddy Ryan was leaving, was leaving the Chicago Bears. You don't want to miss it.
1: Yeah, and uh, we talked to him about possibly getting back into the coaching game. Plus, what he's doing off the field as he's taking a step back from thinking he was all in on the coaching.
2: Listening, uh, he's doing great work. Jeezy, we got a good one today. He, he actually, he's been on the podcast before, but again, is one of my favorite people. One of my favorite people in the world. One of the top linebackers that ever played in this in in our, in our game. My old head coach. Coach Mike Singletary. Coach, what's going on? Man, I can't call it. You you got it. You got it. (laughs) know it. (laughs) Yeah, Coach. Well, first of all, you already know how we do on the Total Access Podcast, right? We do our locker room stories. Last time, you told us a story about how Walter Payton was a prankster and all of those things, man. So, this is your second time to bless the podcast with another locker room story.
3: Well, you know, uh, I'm thinking of what's really unique, what a lot of people really don't understand is um, guys have their own uh, show that they like to watch. Yeah. And some guys like to watch As the World Turns. Some, <laughs> some guys like to watch, uh, um, you know, whatever, all of the shows that come on, these guys have their own shows. And <laughs> Steve McMichael had one, and, and his show, of course, you know, Vanna White was on the show. Uh-oh. <laughs> so these guys, and, and and there's another show with uh, Erica, a uh, lady by the name of Erica on the show. I, I can't remember which one that was. But these guys are about to go to blows over which show they're going to watch. Man, I'm watching her. <laughs> Banner White, I got to watch her. And, and we're, we're, we're listening to these guys. Are you kidding me? I mean, this is, this is a locker room, man. This is football. But these guys are about to go to blows over which show they want to watch. And, and it's not just a handful of guys, a lot of guys. So it's, uh, that was always an interesting deal as to who got to watch, which and the guy that got in the locker room first, that's the guy that turned it, got to have the channel changer and watch what his, what his show was.
2: They was watching <laughs> shows in the locker room. Yeah.
3: We had a television in the locker room and, and Hey, if the guys wanted you to be quiet, man, depending on who it was, you had see, to I'm, be quiet so they could listen to their show.
2: Coach, I'm a young and a restless guy. So, you know, if I was in that locker room, I would have had to you know, my stories, man. Victor Newman, that's my dude, man. So, and I was actually on the show before too. So I love young and a restless, man. Yeah. <laughs> see, yeah.
3: I'm, I'm, I'm the kind of guy I'm thinking, wait a minute. We don't have shows in here, man. This is football. <laughs> Turn on something with football. We don't have these kind of shows. Get out of here with this stuff.
1: <laughs> What Listen, about Eddie. here's the beauty of Mike Singletary. You, you could be, uh, I mean, because you, you probably have. We asked for the locker room story. You probably have an endless supply of locker <laughs> yes, rooms. Like that's your that's your ticket to get onto the Total Access Locker Room Podcast. You gotta have the story. So I imagine now this has been two times for you. You're just scratching the surface and you've got plenty of tickets in your back pocket, right? But but let me tell you, there's a good reason for that now. And you know, then Mike will tell you now what, yep.
3: what, what happens in the locker room, it stays in the locker room. <laughs> Not
1: too. So
3: I, I got to be very, very, very careful
1: about it. I understand that. Room. I understand that completely. Trust me. Uh, now, listen, you talk about that locker room. You talk about the personalities that you were around. You were coached by, you know, uh, a, a guy in Mike Dick, uh, uh, that was a phenomenal player. We're talking about Kyle Pitts potentially going over 1,000 yards. It's nuts, nuts yeah. to me that Mike Dicka is the first and only tight end 1961, and it wasn't even a passing era <laughs> that he went over 1,000 yards as a rookie tight end, and that record still stands. Again, Pitts probably going to break it this year, but incredible, incredible. Uh, so tell us what he was like you know, as a coach, uh, to have that kind of person. Today, you can't be, I don't even know if you, Dan Campbell is about as out there as you get, and he's nowhere near Mike Ditka. No, you're right. <laughs> well, Mike was
3: really an interesting guy, and, and it's, it's it's unfortunate because he's the most misunderstood coach of all time. Um, I would go into Mike's office, and Mike would have all types of books and tapes on his desk trying to figure out, how to relate to these players, how to talk so they listen, uh, how to how to mm-hmm. talk like a gentleman, how to talk quietly, how to and I would I would just sometimes just walk in the office because he was sitting there studying. And when I walked in the office without knocking, you know, he'd be fired up. Hey, what what, what, what are you doing? <laughs> he's knocking stuff off his desk so I'm not seeing what he's reading. So what, what 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 are you reading there? Don't worry about it. What, what, what can I do for you? He's trying to get me out of the office, but he was always trying and he worked really hard at his personality. And uh, but it it just that there weren't enough books to uh, to really help him.
2: But uh, he tried really hard. Coach, I mean, obviously we always talk about that. Nineteen out of eighty five Bears team In your opinion. Like, what was the key to, to, to the success? I know you've told us before, and, you know, I was on one of your teams that you coach, and you, you've talked to us before about kind of it may not have been that year. It might have been the year before when you guys kind of were losing, were going through some stuff that you guys kind of came together as a team. So in your mind, like, what, what was the key to the success of that, of that team?
3: You know what? I, I've gone back a number of times and looked at the roster. Mm-hmm. Um, and people talk all the time, man, that team was really loaded with a lot of talent that team was there. And it really wasn't, but, but I tell you, the difference was this when somebody made a mistake, Mm -hmm. someone, someone else would walk up to them and get in their face and say, Hey man, look, that can't happen again. We are a team. We are working together. We, we have permission to get in each other's faces. And uh, I remember, um, for me, people ask me, which guy was the guy on defense that that really held you accountable? And I want to tell you, Dan Hampton and I never got along when I was playing. We never got along. Uh, if a running back made two plays, Dan happened to jump up and look, find me and say, Samurai, come on, man, you're supposed to be making that play. <laughs> and I'd be saying, get out of my face, man. What is wrong with you? And then when the quarterback threw the ball down the field, I'm in his face saying, hey, what's up here? Get to the quarterback. What are you guys doing? And so he and I had that relationship my whole career. And the day that I got the call about going into the Hall of Fame, I sat in the chair and I thought, which teammate am I going to call first? And I surprised myself. Dan Hampton was the guy that I called first. Really? My teammate, because he held me accountable and he got in my face when he felt that I was not doing my job. And I appreciated that because that's the thing that made our team special. We had 11 guys that did not want to lose. We refuse to lose. And when you have guys like that, that it matters, it's not about the money. It's not Mm. about, you know, partying after the game. Mm. Guys are really pissed off when when they don't win. Let me tell you something. You got something.
2: Do you think the modern athlete still wants that? Do you think the modern football player still wants that level of accountability from his teammates? Because Coach Singh, you know, you and I have talked about this before about the the modern kid, the, the type of athlete that's coming into our league. You know, oftentimes they've, you know, transferred different schools so that they can play, which back in the day that you didn't get much of that. Like, is that still something that accountability that accountability you're talking about with a championship team is that something you think that a modern kid wants in our league?
3: Well, you know, now you're talking about something that that's really interesting because it's not just the athlete, it's, it's our society. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that, uh, you know, social media affects everyone. Uh, it affects the kid that's going to school. It affects Mm -hmm. the, the classroom. It affects the, you know, test scores. It affects everything because everybody now is like, Hey, don't, don't judge me. Hey, Mm -hmm. you know, don't come down on me. Hey, don't bully me. I, however it is, but I think really what it comes down to is our society right now, we, we have to get back to the, the work ethic. We have to get back to making sure that you know we take pride in what we're doing. I don't know what it's going to take to get back there, but I'm doing everything that I can on my part to make sure that uh, those that I come in contact with, in that work ethic and pride in, in what you're doing, On a day-to-day basis, that's the thing that's going to make a difference. It's not how fast you run. It's not how high you can jump. It's will you get up when somebody punched you in the mouth, and it really, really hurts, and you're really embarrassed. Will you still get up and say, hey, you know what? I'm going to punch you again, baby. Let's go. Let's go with it. I love it.
2: Um,
1: uh, real, real quick, back to Dan Hampton. Was he the one that threw the chair? Somebody threw a chair and somebody smashed a projector the night before the Super Bowl because it was
3: McMichael, like Steve McMichael threw the chair. What? And uh, Dan Hampton smashed the projector. I didn't hear
2: about that, coach. Yeah, w- what happened? I did not hear about that story. Man. What? They, they were
1: guys. Yeah, you, you tell. Obviously, you tell it, uh, Mike. Yeah, well, I just heard it they, second half. Know, we were,
3: we were, um, we were sitting in the room. Uh, night before the Super Bowl. And um, Buddy Ryan had told everybody that he was leaving but me. I did not know he was going to leave. And I didn't believe he was going to leave. And and so, uh, as a matter of fact, when he left out of the room, the thing that he said was, guys, I just want you to know, before tomorrow's game, I love all you guys, and you'll always be my heroes. And some of the guys started crying. And of course, Dan Hampton, Steve McMichael did, but they did. And, and I'm sitting, I always sat next to Gary Fensick because he and I normally watch film after everybody left. And I turned toward Gary and I said, Gary, what is that about? And he said, he didn't, he didn't tell you, did he?
2: he said,
3: tell me what? He so he's leaving Mike. After tomorrow, I said, no, 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 no. Who's leaving? He said, Buddy's leaving. That's not, I know he's not leaving. I ran down to his room, and I knocked on his door. And I said, Buddy, are you leaving? He said, No, who told you that? <laughs> and, and I said, uh, Pinsley told me that you're leaving. Are you leaving? He said, No, no, no. I'm, no, 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 Mike. I, I'm, not, I'm not leaving. And, and so, um, to make a long story short, after the game, he did leave. And uh, he, he tried calling me about every day. He called me when I was in Hawaii at the pro bowl and he called me when I was at home and I didn't answer the phone. I knew it was him. I didn't answer the phone. And, uh, finally my wife said, Mike, you need to talk to him. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, um, I'm, at the, um, a buddy's calling me. I, and I finally pick up the phone and, um, I said, um, you lied to me. And mm. he says, um, Mike with the relationship that you and I have, He said, I'm sorry that I lied, but if I would have told you that I was leaving, you wouldn't have played the way you needed to play the next day. You would have been focused on something totally different. The relationship that we had was a different relationship, and I did not want that to affect anything that next day. We had worked too hard to get there, and he said, I'm sorry that I I didn't tell you. I'm sorry that Hmm. I lied, but I, I felt that I needed to in order for... For you to do what you had to do, and you know it's hard for me to do what I had to do, but that's just the game, son. And mm-hmm. so we we talked for a bit, but I, I was fired up, man, and uh, I was I was pissed that that he that he felt that he had to lie to me, but he was right. I, it would have affected me, and and I I was um, I, I was in another world. I was thinking about you know loyalty and all of those things. And buddy, buddy really had me understand that it was a business. And it was the first time it broke my heart. But it was the first time that, that um, you know, something <laughs> like that had really happened. And um, so, yeah, that was tough for me. But that, that was the situation.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better.
4: Offer ends June 30th,
2: 2024. Coach, um, you still hungry to coach? I mean, because like you got former guys that are that are coaching now, Deion Sanders, Eddie George, guys getting into the profession in, in the college ranks. My first question is, do you still have that hunger to coach? And number two, my second question is, would you coach in college?
3: Well, to answer your first question, after, uh, you know, I was, I was thinking about coaching. What I'm doing now, um, I really felt after the whole George Floyd incident, mm-hmm. and uh, it, really, it really made me take a step back and look at things because I, I've been preparing to coach for a long time. And, um, but after the George Floyd incident, I, I saw something that I had not seen before in our society, and I really felt like uh, there was a tug on my heart uh, to really try and do something to, to help bridge the gap in our country. Or it won't matter if, if we were trying to play football or basketball or anything else, it, it won't matter if we're going to have some issues that uh, are bigger than that. So uh, I, I begin to do some things that in, the, in those areas that I really feel can, can make a difference. And um, don't know if I'll ever coach again. If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, you know, praise God. But I'm um, really enjoying what I'm doing right now.
1: Well, uh, let me um, – because I wasn't here the last time you were on the Total Access podcast. So, so kind of off of that, uh, you told uh, M. Rob and D'Angelo Hall last time about throwing on the pads <laughs> and coaching up Ray Lewis. Now, <laughs> there's no Ray Lewis in the NFL right now. But is there anybody – at least close enough that makes Mike Singletary say, I wanna throw the pads on to coach him <laughs> up. You know, the
3: uh there's a the kid at, at Tampa Bay, the middle linebacker at Tampa Bay, number forty five. I really yep. like him. And um, you know, I, I, I think that there's something he's playing he's playing good football, but I think he could be really great. And um that that's the guy that I see that um, you know, if I were gonna coach on Put, put the pads on it coach it'd be for a guy like that
2: so Devin White there you go Devin White hold up hold up to I gotta ask him about I gotta ask him about King Henry uh because I know he just got injured but coach you know I know you were tough dude that's a big boy man running through the middle of defenses man and, and my whole thing and my question to you is what would young uh samurai mike singletary do you see a guy that big running through the middle of the briar patch in the middle of the tackles and it's your job to make sure he didn't get it get in the yards brother
3: first of all first of all i want to say this i i met him at an autograph signing and i i was amazed at how big he was i said man that's unfair man (laughs) you know this guy is like uh you know you think about guys like earl campbell yeah, uh, he's about as tall as Eric Dickerson and about the size of Earl Campbell I'm like come on bro you're supposed to be on defensive end here. <laughs> but uh, in all honesty hey you, you know what I'm going to do I'm going yep. to put on my stuff and I got to drop it that's, that's my job. I got got to drop it you know we got to go for the go but man he is a talented dude man. big old dude uh, that's unfair to me <laughs> that's unfair
1: it is boys, uh, yeah man. It's and, and then he's he clocks, I think, the fastest time in the NFL per the GPS and, and claims that he should have been running faster. That was the quote <laughs> from him that we used on the show, which is just absolutely outrageous. Um, coach, uh, Mike Robb mentioned the Young and the Restless earlier. Uh, he was on the show, which we didn't find out until – and we've been working together very closely on Good Morning Football Weekend for going on four or five years now. Yeah. To find this out now, I, I, I took a step back and I said, I don't know my podcast co-host. I don't know my show co-host well enough. Oh. So this is where you come in because, you, you know, you, don't you, you it coach. Don't fall for it. You co- now, listen, I, I know what stay what happens in the locker room. is supposed to stay in the locker room. But you can give him you know, a little sprinkle here and there. Do we have any dirt on Mike Rob or any funny stories that uh, could illustrate things about him that I just don't know? <laughs> you know what? I'm going to tell you something. The thing about
3: Mike Robinson I, if I had some, I probably wouldn't tell you. <laughs> but 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 Mike is is the guy that was always helping somebody. He was always trying to help somebody in the playbook. He was always trying to help somebody with a play. He was always trying to tell guys. I I thought Mike was going to coach, in all honesty, uh, because he's that kind of guy. He has the really the personality that players of today would really cater to and, and really um, uh, really gravitate toward because he's very trusting and, and it's authentic. He really cares about guys. And, and I, uh, I'm telling you, Mike, I really thought you were going to coach. I really did
2: yeah well it was something i think trust me coach like it, literally every year whether we go by a combine or, or something there are teams that are asking um you know i like what i'm doing now i love doing some stuff with jeezy and talking to you know interesting people and great people like yourself man so i don't know i don't know what the well, future holds but you know this media thing is pretty cool yeah and <laughs> just so you know uh mike when we have uh
1: our meetings in the green room before the show. What we, we used to sh- show used to be in person. Hopefully, one day will be again. If you walked in a half an hour before the show, you'd say, "All right, these guys are going to be talking football." We weren't talking football. I mean, we were talk. I, I, I mean, astrology, uh, health, uh, <laughs> philosophy. I mean, he hits it all because he's he's into all that stuff, and he's very worldly. Did, was he like that back in his playing days? I mean, I'm yes, sure it's was. expanded. <laughs> oh, yeah, he was. Okay,
3: very well rounded individual uh reminded me of a couple of teammates that i that i played with i mean anything you came up with uh they they had some kind of idea of what you were talking about uh whether it was um uh how you dress uh, whether it was um were you gonna go out <laughs> hey, you don't want to go there you don't do that. i'm telling you I mean, mike mike knew a lot of things about you know it's, it's pretty incredible it really was unique individual.
2: Well, well coach, thank you, brother. I want to ask you one more thing before we let you go. Um, just briefly, you mentioned, uh, how George Floyd and what went on with him kind of changed how you were thinking about the direction of your future. Right. If you don't mind me asking, what exactly are you doing out there, um, to, to, to kind of push the needle and move the needle in a, so that our society is in a better place.
3: Well, uh, the, the first thing that I did, um, I went to Chicago and I had a police officer drive me around town, uh, the south and west sides, And it's been a while since I had done that. And um, I went back home to Dallas, uh, Texas, and I couldn't Mm -hmm. sleep uh, because of what I saw. And uh, so I started a 501c3, changing our perspective, and uh, created an app. Uh, which we'll be launching probably around the end of uh, December or january called raise up and it's basically um, something that that will bridge the gap between the haves and have-nots mm. in our country and uh, when I look at the gap i feel that the gap is all about education and health and mental wellness food insecurity mm. Uh, those are three things, having access to those things, the haves in our country, being able to provide goods and services for the have-nots, don't give it to them, put it in a place where they can earn it. And so within our app, you you gain points where the have-nots can earn it so that they can have pride and, and begin to change their behavior. Um and to me, it's, it's, it's one of the keys to changing our country. I'm very excited about what we're doing. I'm very excited about launching that. And uh, I think it's a win-win situation.
1: How do you earn the points? I mean, how do, how do you earn it?
3: They earn points by making good decisions. You know, when mm. uh, one of the, the things that you have in the, in the have-not community, the underserved, you have, hey, I don't have any money, I don't have any opportunity, I don't have anything. Well, you know what? You do have a choice. So when I, when I make, uh, when a kid makes a, a good decision, I'm going to do my homework. I'm going to read this chapter. Uh, when someone goes to their doctor's appointment, you know mm-hmm. what? I, I'm going to go and, and get my insulin. I'm going to go mm-hmm. and do this checkup. Well, they get points for that. And they'll, by those points, you have goods and services that are made available to them because they make good decision. And to me, that that is the thing that, we never had money in those areas. I remember those days growing up Mm -hmm. when we didn't have money, Mm -hmm. but we do have a choice. And because we have a choice, we have power, power to make a difference, power to change our direction.
2: That's awesome, man. Hey, coach, if you ever need my services, you ever need me, you ever need me to speak to people, be a part of something, be on ground zero, passing out things, Don't forget me, man. Uh, I'm going to text you after this and make sure you still have my number, man. I think it's awesome what you're doing. And and I can't thank you enough for dropping by um, the the Total Access podcast uh, this week. And that'll do it for this week's episode of The Locker Room. For more insight with The Locker Room point of view, check out the latest episodes every Wednesday and Friday
0: on Apple and Spotify. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring...